Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is a place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. In this episode number 316, I've invited back to the show my husband, Bruce McFadden. But we've talked before even about things like Enneagram and Strange Spider, and I think a common theme through all of them is just having a really constructive, clear language to talk about these things. Yeah. Whether it's how I feel, whether it's what I want, whether who I am and how I best contribute to this world and to this family and things like that. Um, I think what's really just helpful about all of these is not like any one of these like solves a button. It's not a formula, but I think the more precise and constructive a language is, and the more simple the language is, I think the more, you know, the more effective communication is. Bruce has been on the show several times. We linked to all of them in the show notes, but it's been a couple years. And so we thought we'd have him come back on. It is our 22nd wedding anniversary on March 6th. I cannot even believe it. We got married in 1999 and we partied like it was. Anyway, I asked listeners for questions. And one question, when I shared it with Bruce, he was like, I know what I want to talk about. This listener asked, what's something you have grown in at different speeds. And he said, I want to talk about my journey of learning the language of emotions and identifying what I'm feeling. And I was like, (laughs) seems to be a theme for January and February that I've been talking a lot about the feelings. And I know in the church we have uh, issues sometimes with like overemphasizing feelings. But my hope in this episode is particularly on the heels of last week, where David Thomas was encouraging us parents to help our boys specifically learn how to label their emotions so that it doesn't come out sideways as anger. I feel like our husbands, our fathers, men in general, this is something that they all need to grow in so they can model that for our boys. And so I'm really thankful that Bruce was vulnerable and willing to share his journey. Again, we put links in the show notes if you need anything we talked about. We put the feelings card that we mentioned and the needs card uh, in those show notes, which you can find over at Don't Mom Alone. All right, let's get right to it. Here we go. Okay, Bruce, welcome back. Very glad to be back. Thank you for having me. <laughs> What's happened in the last two years? Lots ha- a lot has happened just in the last year. Right? I was thinking, why didn't I have you on last year? Did you do something? I think it, it I was home all the time. <laughs> Lots of opportunity. Yeah, so since we last did our interview for our 20th wedding anniversary, you switched jobs and you're now working from home and that happened before the world started working from home. Yeah, just uh, about a month and a half before things shut down, I Took a, a job with an investment firm out of Austin, and we're in Dallas, so I was going to be remote anyway. And I remember one of the questions was, is it going to work being remote? We're going to have to like do like video calls. <laughs> do people even do video calls? I mean, this is literally beginning of February of a year ago, and here we are. Everybody's been it's remote ever since. Very normal. Very normal. Yeah, and it was super helpful when I was trying to write a book. To have you be home kind of 
semi-managing the boys so that I could go and write, you know, it's been, that's been super helpful. But one of the listeners asked, what's something that you've grown in and developed at different speeds from one another? And so that kind of, I think, is going to trigger our main theme of today's conversations because immediately something came to mind for you. Yeah. So as soon as Heather said that to me, my first thought was feelings, understanding for myself how I feel and how to communicate how I feel. I mean, I'm a pretty optimistic, high energy individual. And so I think in general, my feelings tend to be defined more by happiness or or low tired. energy or yeah, high <laughs> energy or low energy. And so I think until probably the last year or two, um, which we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, I think that was really simplistically. I mean, Heather would ask me, how do you feel? And I'd feel, you know, either obviously really has some sort of positive definition or tired. Yeah. I remember the first time you said, well, tired isn't isn't a feeling. I was like, what do you mean it's not a feeling? It's exactly <laughs> how I feel. It's a body state. Yeah, exactly. And so um, it kind of goes back, and we might have alluded to this in a prior Episode. conversation, yeah. but we did this as a small group, did this recovery ministry. Which I like to talk about all the time. And how, how many years ago was that? Three a years long ago? Time four ago. years ago? Five years ago? ago? I don't know. Sometime in the last four to five years. <laughs> We did this, and um, it was really eye-opening for me because I, th- I think one of the first things they gave us was this piece of paper with a, a feelings card, and it had um, seven types of feelings. And I'm, eight. 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 I'm bringing it up in front of me. Should have counted before I said that. Eight feelings. And I remember the first time I looked at it, there's um, like four columns, and one is kind of these basic emotions, anger, fear, pain joy, passion, love, shame, and guilt. And then there's just kind of, you know, some other words that you can use to define that. If some, Like, for instance, if somebody says, well, gosh, I just feel overwhelmed. Well, that's under fear. And so people, when they think, oh, I'm overwhelmed, that's fear. You know, that's helpful thought. But the thing that actually really got me was, you know, the first time I saw it, the very furthest column to the right talks about kind of senses, like where you feel it. Like your body state. Well, your you're, body state. You're a little in tune with what's going on with your body. Right. Uh, I, I am in tune or not in tune? A little. A little bit. I mean, not, a, more, a than, more than you were with your emotional state. True. But I mean, like, I, I would be sick and Heather would identify that I was sick before me. I just, I would feel very low energy and Heather would be like, oh, you're, you're sick. And she'd be like, take your temperature. I'm like, I'm fine. And it'd be 102 degrees. So I, I'm not super aware of how I feel and, you know, all over. But what was interesting is I remember when, when I carry stress, I carry it on my neck and I carry it in my stomach. And when I looked at those on the feelings card, let's see, stomach translates to fear. And neck translates to shame. And Honestly, I'll tell you, like to me, the words like fear and shame, they, they feel like that's really heavy. That's heavy. And that is like, those aren't the feelings I want to have. Why do you tell me more about that? Why do you not want to have those feelings? 
Well, I mean, I want to feel like I could do whatever I need to without being stopped by a feeling of anger or sorry, feeling of, of fear of not wanting to do it. But we, we can dig back into that a little yeah, bit later. dig but, into that. Okay. But what was interesting to me was I think fear and shame are probably two of the harder ones for me to own, maybe, hmm. um, to admit that I have. But when I thought through like times in my life when I had a lot of stomach issues or my neck was a, a, an yeah. issue... Um, and I got went back and I thought about, well, gosh, what was going on at that point? I realized it tied out a lot to fear and shame. Yeah. And um, that really, for me, was a, a light bulb moment in this whole feelings process. And I know my listeners, they hear me talk about the Enneagram every now and again. But you and I are in the the part of the triad of the nine numbers that shame is the dominant feeling. Did you know that? No, no. I did not know that. Two, three, and four, shame is the dominant feeling. And I just heard Suzanne Stabile say that our default, if if we feel any of the feelings, even beyond shame, is fear. Hmm. Is that we, two, three, and four will go to fear. So it's interesting that those are the two you bring up. For you being a three, wing two. But I, I think we would go on vacations, you and I. And you've been working super, super hard. We did an episode y'all can go listen to uh, when your husband has a demanding job where we kind of talk through that, like being married to someone who's working a lot. But we would you would be in those seasons of when we say work a lot, like hardly sleep, work all weekend. And we go on vacation and you, your neck would seize up mm-hmm. so tightly yeah. that you had to get a muscle relaxer. You try to go to mas- get a massage. You would go in the hot tub. You were like trying whatever you could. It was like it all came out once you stopped working. Yeah, and I would blame it at time to time on oh, I just slept weird. Yeah, and, you know, maybe sometimes I did. I mean, it's not to say that it was always some manifestation. But what was interesting is it tended to happen in seasons and seasons where there was things going on outside of just sleeping weird. Yeah, um, <laughs> we can't blame it all on yeah sleeping weird. Yeah, and, and I think that that was a thing where I think I'd always just kind of taken the easy route out of just had had another excuse for why I had those things going on. Why do you think guys? I'm going to generalize. Why do you think guys, and you particular, don't want to admit or, like you said, oh gosh realizing that's manifesting in my body, that's fear and shame. I don't want to have those be the driving forces behind what I'm doing. Why is that? We want to feel like we can do things on our own and we're not vulnerable and we're strong. Even prior to marriage, right? Even when we're, you know, when I was a young teenager and I had no, you know, real responsibility. I think independence maybe is, I don't know if it's a, more common value for guys or if it's a more cultural value or what in the US or or whatever but um you just want to seem capable capable and independent an, and, yeah and, and anything that kind of lends itself to vulnerability or embarrassment is you know just seems as bad so fear and shame seem embarrassing for sure for sure Thank you.
So y'all know we have a lot of pets. <laughs> Honestly, when I mentioned bringing getting a dog, Bruce's biggest concern was his cats. Yeah, that's right. For his birthday a couple years ago, we got him two cats. He's such a fan ever since we lived in San Francisco and we had our cat Marin, who's so sweet and left us too soon. He has been a big fan. And so I want to tell you about a product we've been loving because a thing he's not a fan of is the smell associated with their kitty litter. So this week's sponsor, Pretty Litter, has reinvented and solved the problem. Unlike traditional litter, Pretty Litter has super light crystals that truly trap the odor, release the moisture. And so you've got this dry, low maintenance litter that I I swear to you, we've tried it. It doesn't smell. And it's virtually dust-free because of this manufacturing process. So there's less dust, less smell, and less fuss because it's lighter weight and it's shipped to you in a bag that can last up to a month and you can get it auto-shipped. So if you all are looking to solve the problem of kitty litter, maybe you're Like a listener reached out to me. Her name's Jamie. She said that her cat goes to the bathroom outside. Maybe you have that miracle cat. If you don't and you're like the rest of us, get the world's smartest litter without leaving home by visiting prettylitter.com. Use the promo code DMA for 20% off your first order. And that works for a one-month supply. I've had several of you reach out and say it's not working. It's for the one-month supply. So that's prettylitter.com, promo code DMA for 20% off a one-month supply, prettylitter.com. Promo code DMA. Do you, I'm, I'm curious to know that because, I mean, talking to my girlfriends, super common for us to talk through our fears, talk through our shame, talk through our guilt. And maybe it's not something I would talk to like a stranger about, but with my friends, it's a very common conversation to talk those feelings out and not be embarrassed but for men if you went to a guy and you're like oh my gosh I'm really feeling a lot of fear about this or shame about this that that's not a normal conversation it's not a normal conversation I think it's almost as awkward to say it than to receive it so if a friend said it to you if a guy friend said it to you you would be fine well I'm just saying like it's it's Obviously, there are people I I know better than others and things like that. But I would say that, and I'm really overgeneralizing here, but I would say that it's really hard to have that conversation with somebody that doesn't know you because you feel like you're losing all credibility and respect, right? They'll think less of you right. if you say that. Right. It's interesting. Well, and and, and I think that... You know, it's, it's kind of like when people say, you know, the easiest way to find a new job is having a job as an example, right? So, you know, that people talk about that, right? Because why is that though? It's because I think for people that are, you know, in that state, they're thinking I'm more confident because I still ha- I have something. Right. And so, you know, and all people reach out to me all the time. Oh, you know, I'm really looking for a job in this, looking for a job, for a job you know, like this. But it, it, it is truly interesting when I really take a step back and I think, you know, people who are really asking or needing something, um, it, it's obviously, especially if they're asking, it's, a, it's a, a vulnerability, but I don't know that it's a vulnerability that helps people help them. I feel like this is a cultural dynamic and people want to be around people who come across as being strong. 
Hmm. And I'm speaking maybe more for men. I can speak better for that. And I'm sure that there's a lot of men that have broader views than I do on this. But Yeah, but at initially, but probably your friendships have grown and you feel more connected to the men in your life in our small group that have admitted to you when they felt fear and shame. For sure. So when you've experienced that vulnerability from other men in your life, you feel more connected. But it was kind of like we had to create this safe space with our small group where everyone's doing it. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And I'm sure Heather's talked about this before, but we just, we have four couples. So there's eight of us and it's almost always co-ed. I mean, it's very rare. We do just guys and girls. Um, And well, the girls hang out. The girls, yeah, you guys do better <laughs> hanging out. But I'm saying, but I'm saying, like at small group, it's yeah, the yeah, eight yeah, of us. officially, and yeah. we do this as you know, as couples. Which I actually really, I'm glad we did it that way because I think if the guys just went off and did it, you guys, you know, the girls would do a really good job doing it, and the guys would not do a good job doing it. Right? <laughs> yeah. No. So I think, in many ways, you guys being there kind of helps drive the accountability and kind of get that going. Um, and I think you guys ask good questions. I think you ask questions that guys don't ask. You know, and it feels like it's a safe place, especially when everybody's kind of obviously on that same level playing field. And we usually get conversation going with some ground rules. When the person's talking, you're not talking. Yeah, I, I, and I think that is really, really critical because I think, well, I, I'm going to speak for the, for, I think a common trend with guys is they're going to shut down if they're going to get a bunch of advice. Yeah. And so I think, you know, if whoever's you know, interested in this and tries it, I would encourage to really, 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 really pay attention to that one, to not make it about um, asking questions and giving advice unless the person wants that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the other card we use. Well, let's... So in case you do want to do this, and maybe I've talked about it, but if I, you never have heard me talk about it. We show up at group, we have our cards, and we say, does anybody have a feeling? And we look at our cards. (laughs) Sometimes people stare at it longer than others. It may be that you haven't stopped to think about your feeling until that moment. And you look at the list, and then you take your turn, and you say, I'm feeling whatever it is. I'm feeling joy, or I'm feeling guilt, or anger and you kind of talk through the why and people listen and then we have a needs card that you're going to talk through before you give your needs sometimes group members will chime in and they ask first may I ask a clarifying question or they may say I statements like I can imagine if I was in that situation I would feel the same way but the needs card is really what's supposed to direct the conversation. Yeah. So there's, yeah. So to kind of read what Heather said, you got the feelings card and that's where it all really starts. Like I feel this one feeling, I feel these two feelings, um, a little bit of explanation around it. And to be honest, I, I've even seen, I'd say it's, it's some, somewhat uncommon when somebody starts with, I'm feeling joy or love. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it turns to something else because as they were, communicating that they're all of a sudden will shift to a completely different place than they started. But I think that's a healthy process. And that's where I think everybody just being quiet and not talking and listening, I think is really helpful because the person is 
is kind of unfolding, right? I mean, some people come in fully baked. Some people need more time. Uh, need more time. Yeah. So, so that's kind of the first part. And then, as at least the way I see the process working, uh, and how how it's worked, but is as that is information is communicated, usually somebody in the group will say, "Well, what do you need?" And I think that's a really helpful transition point, but also a focusing point. And then this is where we have this other card we use from Townsend. Um, John Townsend, and this is called the Needs Card. Is that right? I don't. I mean, he's written a book since then called People Fuel, where where he brings a lot of these up. But he kind of divides them into four quadrants, I think. And so there's there's on this card we have there's twenty one types, and that sounds kind of daunting. They're all kind of one words, and then you know, kind of a, a short sentence behind it. But you know, I'll just give you an example. One that. Um, I use a lot, especially <laughs> early on, it was just called containment. And in this card we have, it's number five. So I'd say, oh, I'm going to do a number five. But the containment is is really just processing out loud and just needing a safe place to say it out loud. But you're really not looking for a lot back other than just listening. It's kind of that external processing. You just want space. You want space. Mm-hmm. You know you need to say it out loud. You'll think it through better out loud. But what you're not really looking for is advice. You're not looking for... Any kind of feedback. Any kind of feedback. So containment, for example... What are the four broad categories? Because we don't need to go through all 21. But like, Well, I just want to mention containment. Because that, just to get... Yeah. So it says, let me vent and just have the feelings. Let me just vent and have the feelings without fixing me. Um, so the card I have does not have the four oh. on it. I know there's another version that, that has kind of four areas. Yeah. What are a couple other ones on it? Just to give examples. Yeah. So um, wh- another one's affirmation. Note something good um, that requires effort. So sometimes somebody might just be like, they just kind of need some affirmation around it. Another one might be, of course, encouragement, celebration. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Celebration. Hey, you know, whatever's going on. And I just want to, I just want to celebrate that. So it's, it's not like this long process. I mean, we'll just literally go, woo. You know? <laughs> well, and it's kind of like if you've been walking with people and they've seen the journey and they know that you just went through a similar situation and you responded differently than your typical pattern of thinking and feeling and doing, you you responded differently. You, you want them to celebrate with you that I'm growing and changing. That's the, I mean, that's the goal, right? Yep. This community around, not just, and the goal isn't just let's feel our feelings, talk about our feelings, and then just nothing. But to like walk as one another's in each other's lives, like the Bible has so many verses about going through life with one another, and this is how we do it. And the way God made us is emotional beings made in his image, and if we don't identify these feelings, it comes out in negative coping patterns. And we're trying to decrease those patterns. What I noticed is we had a big chunk of time where our group didn't meet. When we got back together, everyone was in a real bad place. It was like... Right, because it was during COVID. and Well, were- it was no, this was like, I think over the holidays just recently. Okay. We got back together and everyone was like in a real bad place. And... Then the next week, everyone was a little bit lighter. And the next week, everyone was a little bit lighter. It was like, it's kind of like letting out the gas that the, mm-hmm. so it doesn't explode. A little and bit, a little see, bit. I've even seen with this kind of framework is, 
you know, there's obviously always opportunities for tension at home, right? You know, between <laughs> us, right? And and I've even seen, I think, for guys that this has become a way to, and I think a healthy way to say, I need this outlet. We need to talk about this, you know, and, and make sure, you know, that we maybe even have some accountability in this process too. And um, yeah. You mean so, between the two of us? Well, I, I think I, I've seen, you know, men come to the group and feel like they really need need to talk about something. And I think oh, that's okay. not common. I've not, I've not had that in small groups until now. Where they're like, I, I want to go first. Yes. We've had men say, I want to go first. I have something I need to process with y'all. And they ask for more than, you know, just containment. They... They made an identification. Have you ever felt this way before? Or Yeah, I was going to mention identification, validation. Um, and there are opportunities, I mean, for feedback or advice or even structure. Help me establish an effective path. Like, you know, so it's a pretty wide range of ways that people can be helped. And But I, but I would say in general, I think, you know, at least for me, just having that, that uh, containment was really the right place. I think without that, if I'd felt like I had to pick something that was, you know, going to have people give me all sorts of stuff back. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't have shared. I would have shared, right? Yeah. And I would have always stuck with positive ones, and which I did for a while, right? You know, and that was part of part of it was calling out the positives and being a little lighter on the, the, the next. I mean, it's, it's like anything. It's like you just have to start developing some of that muscle menu and gaining trust in the process. and Muscle memory. Yeah, I think that you had grown up in a home, a very positive home. Your parents are super positive, very kind, high energy people. And so you, it, it's almost like that's the allowable emotion. Right, right. There were, there were right. I mean, that, that's, that's true. Um, we did a lot of travel growing up. We did a lot of, I mean, every summer we did short-term missions work. So we were all over, we were all over third world countries. And so, it, and my parents roll with things. Super flexible. Super flexible really well. So I think, yeah, I think wallowing on, you know, negative emotions was just not. But recognizing they're all emotions and it's not like some are positive and some are negative. That yeah. was a new framework for you. True. <laughs> still true. still developing. Still, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I feel like I'm still peeling back the onion and all this. But and I it's think. It's been four, three or four or five years. So we do it in our small group. But then when you and I go on our Saturday morning walks. This has been a framework that we can use where we give each other space to process through something. And then sometimes we do that well and sometimes we don't do that well. Yeah. I, and I, think that, <laughs> I didn't do it well the other week. Right. But we've talked before even about things like Enneagram and Finder, And I think a common theme through all of them is just having a really constructive, clear language to talk about these things. Yeah. Whether it's how I feel, whether it's what I want, is whether who I am and how, how I best contribute to this world and to this family and, and things like that. Um, I think what's really just helpful about all of these is not like any one of these like solves a button. It's not a formula, but I think the more precise and constructive a language is and the more simple the language is, I think the more, you know, the helpful. more effective communication yeah. is and... Thank you. 
y'all have heard about one of our sponsors, Thrive Market, and how I love being able to go on their website, search by diet if I'm buying different food products, or search by different categories, including pet treats. But this go-around in my box, I narrowed in on cleaning products. With spring cleaning happening, I need to declutter so bad. I thought, okay, I'm going to get some really healthy products that I know when I use are not going to cause damage to our family as I'm cleaning. But I wanted to tell you all about it because I bought one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine things, and some Wonder Noodles, Shirataki Angel Hair Noodles. Um, a keto option. I bought all of that and I've just spent $50. I've bought some stainless steel polish that's lavender and chamomile by Better Life, some wood polish, cinnamon and lavender, Aunt Fanny's carpet refresher, good to deal with all these pets y'all are hearing about, Um, the Better Life tub and tile cleaner, and Aunt Fanny's glass and window cleaner. I can't wait to try them. If you want to check out Thrive Market. They have two new membership options. They have a one-month membership for $9.95 a month or a 12-month membership for $5 a month. What I've noticed is I save up to $32 on every order. So it's totally worth it. And the fact that when I spend $50, I get free shipping. So if you want to join today, I have a great deal for you as a Don't Mom Alone listener. You're going to get 25% off your first order and a fun free gift. There's a list of gift options. If you go over to thrivemarket.com slash DMA, that's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash DMA, you're going to get that exclusive 25% off of your first order and your free gift. You can't get this offer anywhere else. So go to thrivemarket.com slash DMA. And if in our 22 years of marriage, we have definitely grown in communication. For sure. I think, yeah, I think our communication at first 10 years was really, really, I, I wouldn't say it was bad. I would just say it was almost like it was just superficial. Yeah. Very kind. Not a lot of fighting. Right. Not a lot of fighting, but not a lot of depth right. or intimacy. And then kids come along and it's like, you got to become a team but you don't have this neutral language, and so it's like pitting against each other. Right. And I feel like we definitely, someone asked, like, what were some of the hardest years of your marriage? I definitely say the first year, the growing pains of that. And then, and I was like a baby. Oh, my gosh. But I just turned 22 when we got back from our honeymoon. And then I would say after, you know, one kid, that was hard. Mm-hmm. We had our after two kid come to Jesus. I remember a significant like we were just doing our own thing. Yeah. We just put the kids to bed and just did our own thing. And we were like roommates. And so then we just had to be super intentional. And in that last episode we did two years ago, we talk about those intentional choices we made to connect. But I think what we've grown in in the last five years is understanding of who we are individually and this process of week to week, day to day, this is how life is impacting me, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm thinking, and having words to talk to one another about it instead of just me getting my feelings hurt, you know, and pulling away. And you kind of exploding, but 
not recognizing why. So it kind of building up. You're you're kind of someone who it kind of builds. And I feel like this language has helped you kind of yeah. let it out a little by little instead of kind of stuffing and letting it build and and the anger or whatever comes out in a moment. For sure. For sure. Because I wouldn't say you're you're not an angry person. No. I have a very high tolerance level, but yeah, to that point, yeah. When you, if you don't, if you don't have a way to understand or express how you're feeling, then yeah, then it all builds into something bigger and more complex, and and then invariably it'd come out on something small. Yeah. Well, and something that I've even grown in in the last three months from my life team, where we do this processing together, is me differentiating from you. So because I'm a feeler, I would often absorb your feelings too. Or I couldn't just let you have your feelings separate from me, right? So even differentiating myself in just our Christmas vacation recently, where I was like, my life team asked me, what would... A vacation for you look like? I was like, what? I'm always thinking about what it would be for the boys, what it would be for Bruce. Thinking about how I want the vacation to go for myself gave me permission to kind of think distinctly from the family, but in a healthy way. So I was able to enjoy myself and let you guys off the hook that you had to live out my agenda. So if we were at the beach and you said you had a meeting and you need to leave, instead of me being really mad, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's going to go work when we're at the beach. It's kind of like, if that's how he wants to do his vacation, it's fine. I would prefer to stay at the beach. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then if I had a moment where I was like, no, I really need your help right now, I could just say I need your help right now. Instead of like passive aggressively hoping you figure out that I need your help. Yeah, no, I think all of that I think is great. Um, I appreciate it. I know you, you know, you want to go get your nails done or something like that. Even like go go get your nails done or, you know, I, I think all of those things where you're, I feel like you're advocating for yourself more, but not in a selfish way. More just being really clear about what you want. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. David Thomas talked about that with boys. He was like clear and concise. Like, right. <laughs> just yeah. Don't try to make your spouse figure it out yeah. what you're what you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah, and and, for, and this gets back to the point even around processing. It's easier for some people to do that than others. So that way of communicating what you want might be different for you know a introvert versus an extrovert or you know whatever anybody's background. But I do think it's really important to any way to find that right language and uh, method to, to communicate what you want and what you're feeling and who you are. Yep. Well, thanks, Bruce. You're welcome. I hope you've inspired other men to learn about feelings and foster a community where they can share them and process them and live I think more whole lives so that we can share the gospel with other people. Cause I, if we get so caught up in our feelings and don't la- name them and 
I feel like when we name them, they don't get to be the boss of us. Then we're free to love people well because we're not so consumed with stuffing that emotion down or our mind isn't so preoccupied with the same tapes over and over again that we can like see other people. Yeah. And so I think my one recommendation for if you want to try to engage your husband on this (laughs) is, you know, give him something like the feeling card to use it from perspective, you know, from just a, a lens, a language, but then say, I am not going to, unless you want me to, let's get back to that need. I am not going to comment. I'm going to give you space. I'm going to give you space. And at the very end, just say, thank you and let it go. And I'll tell you, if you do that, I I think, you know, for many of you, I think you'll find, you'll find that to be a really important first step. And it might take a while, right? I mean, like I said, I'm still learning a lot. I mean, like a lot to learn on this. And it's been, I don't know, four or five years since we even started doing this and maybe three or four years since we've been doing this pretty significantly. So um, it just takes time. You got to get started though. Yep. Well, I appreciate you. I think you're amazing. You too. Thanks y'all for listening. See you next year. <laughs> I do. Thanks y'all for listening in. I appreciate you. If you are a dad listening or a son, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast because these moms can't do it without you and your help. So we appreciate you. Uh, I thank Bruce again for his vulnerability. If you want to know more, please go to those show notes to get more details. We know that feelings are not the end, that they're just indicators. And my hope is that as believers in Jesus, we identify them, we put them in their place, and we believe truth. Because if we don't identify them, they will come out sideways. We will lean on coping mechanisms that are not God's desire for us to live a flourishing, full life. And so instead of shutting them down and thinking you shouldn't feel anxious or you shouldn't feel shame because the Bible says that you should not fear. Instead, let's take those emotions. Let's label them in community. Let's hand them to God. Let's move forward in freedom (laughs) That, that God designed us to have them to identify where our thinking is off so that we can replace those false ideas with truth and we can lean in to his statements over us, his beliefs of who we are, instead of these false ideas of what's going on in our life or false sense of control and be able to be set free to see others where they are. And I'm going on a little rant, but um, I want to pray over us. I hope for more freedom in marriages and, and in communities. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Lord, oh, I thank you that you did make us in your image and giving us emotions was not a mistake. I pray, Lord, that in communities, in marriages, and in families, we would be able to communicate what's going on inside us so we can treat each other better, that we can manage the lives you've given us with stewardship and honoring you and loving people well and listening when there's pain and listening when there's grief and being with people instead of feeling like we need to shame or add advice or add judgment to where they are. I pray that we could be with people and provide what they need instead of assuming what they need. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to help us to grow in this, that we could be your body that goes out 
and ministers to a world that is hurting so badly right now and needs you so much. I praise you, Lord, that you have continued to equip us, that we are growing, that we don't need to shame past versions of ourselves, um, but that you are constantly pulling us towards yourself into greater freedom and um, flourishing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, y'all, for being with me. Join me here next week. I have a gal from Dallas who's been doing dyslexia therapy, therapy with students with dyslexia, for over 20 years. And she's going to share just some encouragement, some thoughts. And um, I can't wait to share that with y'all. And always want to do celebration reports with you because you are part of this team. You are the ones sharing the shows with your friends and helping them know that they're not alone in whatever challenges they're facing because that is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to isolate. He wants to make people believe lies about their position. And so you are part of my outreach team when you tell people about episodes. And for the moms of boys that shared David Thomas's episode, y'all cranked the show up into, I think when someone sent a screenshot. We were at like 34 over all podcasts for kids and family in the entire world. You all did that. And the episode was like the 13th most popular episode. That guys, that's up to you. That is not us. And I really thank you for that. I pray that um, anyone who listens really is ministered to by God in a unique and special way. And thank you for being part of that. All right. I think I just I just want to preach today. <laughs> Thanks for coming to church. No, this isn't church. This is not a replacement for church. Oh my gosh, I need to stop. Rambling is over. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.